Welcome! Welcome, lovely listeners, to another episode of the Soccer Capital Podcast. I am your host, Mike Turner, and joining me in our studios in deep southern Illinois is a man who has uncommon carpentry skills. It's producer Mason. How's your week been, Mason? Uh, pretty busy. Uh, but yeah, my, uh, I only drop on loot tables starting after level 10, and I only have a 25% chance to roll. So, <laughs> for a little insight, uh, I'm starting a new job, and, uh, it's a remote job, and I needed a workstation at home with a small space. I enlisted, uh, Mason to help me out with building it, and, uh, we got it done. Just uh, some fit and finish, and it'll all be ready to start on Monday morning when I need to do that. Yep. Fit and finish worthy of a Tesla, which is to say, very bad. Yeah, I I hope the uh, table performs on autopilot better than a (laughs) Tesla does. (laughs) (laughs) Ach nein, mein table has spontaneously combusted. Y'all are making it really hard for me to stay quiet while Mike gets ready to introduce me, okay? (laughs) And you already heard from a man who, when he does pump up his kicks, can outrun your bullet. It's Sean Campbell. And how's you you been there, Sean? I I cannot. I cannot with that. (laughs) Okay, I've been okay. (laughs) I've been good. I've been good. Um, also, I just want to say, for those of you that have not been in years, you must go to the St. Louis Zoo. They made a lot of great improvements. It's very much worth the visit. Get the Dole Whip. It's worth It's worth the look. And as I often say, more on that a little later in the show. But first, we uh, encourage you to join our Soccer Capital Podcast Discord. Yes, we've taken upon this silly venture, and we already have some fine, lovely listeners that have joined. It's open to everyone, but uh, first place to find an invite is in the show notes of this show. We'll also be posting it. I think I have that uh, that tweet pinned on top of our Twitter, which happens to be at Soccer Capital. It's the best place to reach us. We're also on Instagram at Soccer Capital, and... Uh, if you have comments to make and you don't want to go to either one of those three places, you can directly email us at soccercapital at gmail.com. I don't know how responsive we are, but we do read everything, whether it makes us feel good or makes us feel like crap. <laughs> Speak for yourself. I love hearing from listeners. I do, too. We haven't gotten any uh, any negative feedback yet. Your tune may change. Yeah, I haven't not got. I haven't got the red ass on yet from an email, and uh, <laughs> I know it won't last forever, but I'd like to keep it that way. Uh, Knock on wood. And uh, as long as St. Louis City starts do- keeps the- doing things right, not starts, they started <laughs> off quite well, in my opinion, uh, we'll be all happy and uh, won't have any of those bad comments. And uh, another big announcement came out uh, this week. Uh St. Louis City SC announced a new team store and a new Adidas shoe release. Nice kicks coming in. Uh, City Goods is a new team store now open while the main team store, the so-called City Pavilion, is still under construction. Uh, City Goods is located on the southwest corner of the stadium, Market and 21st Street, and City Goods will be open during match days as well. Important for those of us that may possibly get free tickets for this upcoming Sunday's game, which I have not received mine yet. I don't think anyone has. That makes me feel better. And uh, the club also revealed this week and made available today, was it? Uh Earlier this morning, as of recording. Uh, Yeah, some new kicks. Uh, In partnership with Adidas, uh, the Adidas... uh, (laughs) Easy for me to say, but I didn't (laughs) say it stupidly like... Adidas, uh, Adidas Ultra Boost Copa shoes, styled after Adidas Copa cleats, are in the hard to uh, <laughs> you know pin down uh, City SC colors. Uh, so be stylish and be light on your feet. You know, in case someone exhibits, let's say, uh, a jerkwad behavior somewhere in your vicinity. <laughs> yeah, I think. Um... 
I think City SC is one of five or six teams that Adidas sponsored with for these. Um, I know Seattle and Charlotte, and I believe New York NYCFC are some of the other teams. I'm not 100% sure about the others. Well, Seattle and Charlotte have huge turnouts in their stadium, big fan bases, so uh, it's good to be up on that. It's also good that they can, well, anybody got them? You can email us or get us on Twitter about, uh, are the colors actually city red and, and the proper blue? Was there blue in them? Yeah, the laces are blue. Oh, okay. I'll say it before, I'll say it again. It's pink. <laughs> it's it is pink. pink. It is pink. I'm, wear- I'm wearing it right now. It's pink. It's not pink. It's pink. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's stupid. Okay. My and, God. Uh, <laughs> 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 what are we doing? Well, we're just being silly. This isn't the silly podcast. That's a different podcast. <laughs> that is a different podcast. They've led us down a bad street, haven't they? <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? They'll lead us down a bad street coming up uh, uh, this Sunday for that uh, exclusive arrangement at Centene Stadium. Uh, the MLS uh, City 2, MLS Next Pro Team, will be playing their final regular season game of the season against Sporting KC. At Centene Stadium mm-hmm. in the soft opening, and St. Luligans, the hosts of the aforementioned, or referred to, I should say, This Is Silly podcast, uh, are also one of the groups hosting with the St. Luligans tailgate. Is that the right name? or? Uh, yeah, the tailgate. Yeah. Um, It'll be at uh, Schlafly yeah. in the parking lot am i correct yeah so it is around but not in the schlafly tap room they've got one of the lots and they're also going to close the kind of like little little spit of the road that comes by and that is where we are all going to party before the game well two of us will be there (laughs) maybe three uh maybe none (laughs) i don't know (laughs) god willing and the creeks don't rise uh but uh, we'll have a presence at the uh, tailgate and hopefully at the game. Yeah. We got a long drive, uh, Mason and I, to get there. Uh, I do hope they put the tickets in the account before, say, you know, noon on Sunday uh, before we do that. But uh, hope to see everyone there. And as always, you can look for Mason in his... Uh, Doc Martens and me and my silly hat. And if Sean shows up, you could tell him because he, well, he looks like a man that records a podcast in a cave. (laughs) (laughs) Rude. You can find me with my shirt that says beers either on the front or the back. (laughs) It it reads beers on the back. He wears beers on the front. (laughs) Excuse me. No, that is alcohol abuse. And I will not be accused of this slander. Uh, You're my friend. I was absolute uh, libel. uh, I was projecting my own behavior upon you. No, Sean, I've seen you wear plenty of beers, my friend. (laughs) Um, Mason, that is private information and that only happened on your back patio okay (laughs) Uh, we don't talk about ska nights (laughs) sure (laughs) moving on what do you got for us mason Uh, city two was in action this past weekend weren't they well i want since we already talked about it let's go back we got details on this tailgate okay let's do that um but yeah so tailgate is going to start at two at Schlafly, um, expecting parking in the immediate vicinity to be pretty limited. Uh, there are some, you know, street parking spots. Um, Schlafly's also going to have a lot open with around a hundred spots, um, and this is going to be a you know a guarded surface lot, um, and it is twenty five dollars to park. But then you get that $25 back as a Schlafly gift card, is my understanding from the Luligans post and everything. Um, and you get that when you park. Um, but if you go into the tap room, anything that you buy in there, including like package liquor, so like six packs, growlers, whatever, you cannot 
bring that out of the tap room and drink it in the parking lot. That is against city ordinance. Now, city meaning the the actual St. Louis, the actual city entity, of St. Louis, not yes. the club. Yes, I I have in the notes here. <laughs> this is a St. Louis city ordinance brackets the place, not the team. <laughs> I, I I do hope the team doesn't pass ordinances. Yeah, <laughs> but yes, this is a city of St. Louis ordinance um, that you can't like bring packaged liquor out of the bar and drink it um, uh, like same day. Uh, now, they are going to have a tent set up uh, outside for the tailgate. We are not sure if that gift card is going to be valid at that tent or not. So keep watch on that one. We asked about it, but we haven't heard back yet. Now, with the limited parking, if you would prefer to take the train, closest train is the Metrolink uh, Union Station stop. It's about a 15 minute walk from Union Station to the tap room. And uh, tailgate is starting at two and the march to the stadium from there is starting at five and kickoff is at six. And concessions, limited concessions should be available at the game is what we've been told as we covered last week's episode. Uh, It looks to be a gala event. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, black tie, yada, yada, like we talked about last week. (laughs) Moving on. Uh. This is all talk about the next City 2 game. Unfortunately, we're here to look back at the last City 2 game. And to start off the rundown, we've got Producer Mason. Yeah, so had our very last road game of the season. Closing out our two-game trip through Texas. You'll remember our first game in Texas on this road trip didn't go so hot that... uh, that 1-0 loss in Houston. Well, we went to North Texas and Austin, and it didn't go so good there either. Um, in North Texas, they open up really quick with some some really good counterattacks on us. Break open the scoring in the ninth, score again in the 19th. Um, yeah, uh, this is uh, there was some really like less than optimal defense here, but it's also just kind of what happens when you're a heavy pressing team and uh, and another team takes advantage of that and really burns you on the counter. Yeah, uh, City 2 at the end of the match, if you look back at it, uh, they dominated the stat sheet, but there's two stats that stand out to tell a story of what happened in this match. Uh, St. Louis had the most shots, 18 to 12, but North Texas had five on target to City 2's four. And uh, North Texas also had 22 blocks to City 2's two. It kind of tells the story of how much uh, possession, which wasn't that great. I think City 2 had 55 and a decimal point in possession, but they really held the ball. Uh, in this one, but uh, their defense was up to the task for North Texas, whereas City 2's had a couple of breakdowns very early on on the road, and that's not that's not the recipe for victory. And this it also, wasn't in this one. This also isn't a possession team. It's actually not really a good sign when you see that we have most of the possession. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it showed up again. City 2's inability to beat bunkered in defenses to uh, complete that vital final pass to break it down and score a goal. It, it, it generally doesn't bode very well for the upcoming playoffs as the better teams have all this. Defense becomes important in the playoffs. Um, City 2's got to be more uh, incisive. Good word. Surgical in their way to approach it. Of course, the last few games, they haven't had Jao Klaus on the pitch. Uh, Josh Dolling. Dolling. Yeah. <laughs> that guy's name got in my head. Josh Dolling. It's, it's Gareth Bale all over again, everybody. <laughs> uh, he wasn't available because of, well, that. He, he made a striker's tackle against Houston, got the straight red, and he was yeah. out of this one. Uh Berkey also had a day off on the, in this game too. So not surprising. Uh, and plus, you know, uh, dance with who you brought to the brought as a date is what's going on, and uh, 
In this one, after a long road trip, uh, the usual suspects uh, just seemed like they've been on the road a lot lately. Uh, the other thing is, good teams are starting to exploit that season-long weakness that we've seen in City 2 uh, by uh, conceding possession and thereby, thereby beating the high press by attacking simply upon the counter. That was the first half, and North Texas got the 2-0 lead, went into the half. What happened in the second half, Mason? I mean, I don't know. I didn't really watch it super closely, but, like, it was kind of a lot of the same. It was, you know, uh, they they righted the ship, right? So after that 19th-minute goal, uh, not a lot of scoring afterwards, which is not necessarily a good thing because we needed some goals. But... uh. Nothing doing really until the 76th, and that's when North Texas buries the dagger on us. Um, and then uh, Dita Armstrong, he gets his first goal. Very nice for him in the 85th, which is really, unfortunately, a garbage time goal. Doesn't do anything uh, except keep us from conceding a clean sheet. There is uh, some hope and good things that came out of this. Uh Dieter Armstrong, 18-year-old, got his first professional goal in the 85th. Uh, that did add the tiniest bit of futile hope to the end of the match and makes the scoreline better than, say, at Houston. Uh, and also 16-year-old Caden Glover got his first professional minutes coming on in the, uh, I believe it was 68th minute in this one. Yeah, he came on for Ben DeRosa, I believe. Yeah. Uh this was a rough and tired performance uh, against a talented opponent. And they came out fired up in the first half to make a statement at home against one of the better teams in the league. We've mentioned a lot about how City 2 has got the big target on their back. Uh, it kind of showed early on in this one. And you could also tell that a long road trip, you know, a pretty small rotation for this team and a high energy style. It seemed to sap City too in the last in these last two big away games. They just didn't seem to have the bite. Part of that is that because uh, the opponents were seeding possession at home, which is unexpected and not normal, uh, they weren't able to really utilize their high press. Uh, you also add in the home records of Houston and North Dallas, uh, which are or North Texas, which are extremely good and two high-quality opponents, and you basically come up with a recipe for what is a rough patch for City 2. Uh, maybe they're out of the way before the playoffs. Kind of calling back to Mason's incisive comment earlier, it seems like we need to be able to have subs on the bench that we can pull out that will give us some creativity in that midfield, um, and also up front that can make those runs that they haven't been seeing all game to kind of throw the deep that the opposing defenses that get bunkered in off their horse and it's a tough situation for coach john hackworth this is a development team uh so they're trying to find players that are viable for the opening mls uh roster amongst who they had for the city two plus Late season, there's disruption within the squad because they're trying to bring in and, uh, you know, the the real MLS players that they've signed and get them integrated in the system. And we've seen this in MLS with LAFC bringing in uh, Giorgio Cellini and uh, Gareth Bale, that that kind of disrupts your flow, the chemistry, the way that all the pieces work. It's not just about talent. It's also how all the jigsaw pieces fit together. And uh, I can't say that that's necessarily been the case here. Klaus has been fantastic, to be quite honest. But that's disruption in the flow and the way things go. And you get the end of the season when things get tired, things start to break down a little. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of moving parts on this City 2 squad. You've got the shakedown of players that might advance up to the first team. You have the locked-in first-teamers coming in and getting in basically their preseason reps. You have the shakedown of the style of play still happening. Um, there is a lot of stuff going on here on top of just 
winning matches in what is a professional league, even if it is still development, and trying to get yourself into playoff format because we are locked into the playoffs. And uh, another thing that showed, even though City 2 dominated the shots, uh, the big factor is they North Texas is talented. They're especially talented in attacking. Uh, I believe uh, Kamunga, their striker, is the top scorer in MLS Next Pro. If not, he's near the top. And I believe he set or or at least tied the North Texas uh, season record for goals by scoring a brace in this one. Kamungo, you mean? What'd I say? Yeah, that's what I meant. Uh, Avievu and uh, Mulato, in addition to Kamungo, uh, really showed their future MLS viability because when they had chances, they were efficient, surgical, and they finished their chances. Whereas City 2, really their problem wasn't finishing the chances, it was getting good chances to begin with. And that showed with uh, North Texas with the 22 blocks composed to City 2. It also shows the game flow, but it also shows how hard it was to make those uh, final passes to get somebody in position. Uh, but these two games are behind us. The end of a five-game road trip. City 2 had a fantastic August, didn't they? Yeah, undefeated in August. And some rewards came their way for the great play in August. Yeah. Um, MLS Next Pro Awards, um, you know, Team of the Month, Player of the Month, Goalie of the Month, uh, Coach of the Month. I think that's all four of them. We got three. Uh... Joe Klaus gets Player of the Month for August. Coach Sean Hackworth, Coach of the Month. And the team gets Team of the Month because they went 4-0-0 in August. And wasn't, the, I believe, the goalkeeper of the month was... Uh, a product of SLU, I believe. I don't remember what team for, though. Uh, the crew. That's where right. he was drafted. Yeah, uh, Schultz? Yeah, yeah, I think so. But yeah, product of SLU, I believe. And uh, St. Louis FC Academy, as well as uh, Scott Gallagher. Yeah, so St. Louis up and down that rank. Um, Klaus in particular really stood out because, like, I hadn't kept this close an eye on his stats. It just, like, from eye test, you could tell. But, yeah, he played four games, 219 minutes, four goals, and three assists. No. Uh, he and- landed in St. Louis and tore it up. Well, Yeah. That's to be expected. He's a DP in MLS playing in the MLS Next Pro. But it wasn't just the numbers. The way he made his runs, the way that that just seemed to open up the offense. He hasn't played the last couple of games. Uh, I didn't research this enough. I, I believe he has a niggling injury. If any of these MLS signees have a niggling injury, they're not playing in MLS Next Pro. Uh even if they're just tired because they're in preseason, they're not going to play. Uh, so that's the way it is. But uh, where's this leave City 2 heading their last regular season game? Where they stand about getting a possible home playoff game or home playoffs games multiple throughout the playoffs? Well, we are in second in the West. We are one point behind Tacoma. 49 to 48. So if we win against Sporting and Tacoma loses their last game, we will we will clinch first place. But asking the Timbers too to beat the Tacoma Defiance is a tall order. But that is a Seattle-Portland Derby game. And we saw it when City went to Portland to play against them. Uh, Portland was much more up for that game and played much better than I anticipated. I expect the same out of Tacoma against Portland. Is that in Portland or in Tacoma? That's a big, big deal. Yeah, Tacoma is... Extremely good on the road, as is Houston, as is North uh, at home, uh, as is Houston and North Texas, whereas City Two is the best road team in the league. Yeah, if this is a home game for Tacoma, nah, uh, that's a bummer, dude. Um, 
But uh, yeah, no rivalry game. I just want to say uh, rivalry games. You you step up a little different for those differently for those than you would for a regular league game because those mean more to you and your city and your fans than than just any average game in the middle of a season. Like look at any time the Cardinals have played the Cubs. The Cubs could be dead last in the league and the Cardinals could be blowing everybody out of the water, but the Cubs could still win because it's Cubs cards, baby. Same thing here. Yeah, so I, I would not count Timbers out of this one just yet. As a Sunderland fan, when they were in the Premier League, many times Newcastle be mid-table, Sunderland fighting for survival. Sunderland would take six points from the two games that season, keep them up, and keep Newcastle from climbing up the line. It happens. That's what happens in derby games. Hopefully... The reverse doesn't happen in our final game against Sporting KC, but that's not really become a true derby game yet. Yeah. That's all this week we have to say about City 2, but that's not everything within the uh, under the City St. Louis City SC umbrella. It is what they call in England a big club with uh, developmental teams, the first team, which hasn't actually played yet, and a burgeoning academy to bring people up to MLS Next Pro. And that leads us to the early beginnings of the MLS Next season, which has to do with the academy. And uh, we do have some results in for you, but not much in the way of information. So I'll give you what's been happening. The openers were on uh, September 10th. The U15s, that's a brand new team for the Academy. Uh, they lost to Chicago Fire 2-1 uh, to one in that one. I believe the Fires had a U15 for a while, so nothing get up there about the U16s. They finished second in the playoffs in MLS next last season. Uh, they, well, they put a Philadelphia Union on SC Wave, beating them down 6-0. And the U-17s were able to beat Chicago Fire 3-0. Good sign for the Academy when the higher levels beat the existing uh, uh, long-standing academies uh, like that. Then the next day, uh, the second games of the weekend, the U-15s got a draw against Soccer's FC. That was a 1-1 draw. U-16s win again. They beat Soccer's 4-1. What's that make them? 10 and 1 and plus 9 goal differential on the first weekend of the season for the U16? Wow. <laughs> uh, and the U17s got past uh, soccer's as well, 2 to 1. Uh, we weren't, didn't really have an update from the U21s this week. The next game for them will be on the 17th, Saturday, still slated for the Centene Training Park uh, via the uh, UPSL website. So it's good to know that the training uh, pitch is up, uh, the full vision, the academy's coming together. Everything's pointing towards that uh, glorious beginning in MLS. Uh, we anticipate sometime in March of next year. And speaking of that upcoming thing in MLS, we've been keeping up to date with all the goings on within the league that St. Louis City, the big team, uh, will be uh, starting play next season and to give us a rundown on what we saw this week i'll turn it over to our own sean campbell yeah we've got a uh a, a bit of a crazy weekend to talk about this week but uh first i want to get talking about our weekly topic and this week it's our everyone's favorite topic playoffs playoffs we're talking about playoffs playoffs, playoffs. we haven't yeah, played a game yeah, we're talking playoffs, baby. We've already got some people that have already clinched, and uh, Philly, uh, CF Montreal, and LAFC have all clinched a playoff spot so far. No one's clinched the top spot just yet. Uh, as far as actually mathematically eliminated, we have Houston and DC United as the only ones actually mathematically eliminated so far. And I guess the discussion comes to who do we see as real contenders as it comes down to teams that we know who are going to be in, who's probably going to make it, who's not. Um we got to come down to talk about who's got a real shot of actually winning the cup once they've been confirmed. And for me from the West, I have to go with Dallas and Nashville with the way that they're looking right now. They're, they've got great form on the pitch. Uh, they've been solid year round. 
uh, outside out out in the east, we've got the Union and CF Montreal for myself, but dark horse pick would be Cincy and Orlando, I think, has a real shot at getting a double this season. Personally, um, I think they've looked really good since he's when they can outscore the bad defense that they have. I think they've been very good and I think they actually have a decent enough shot at it. What about you guys? Who do you have? Well, uh, in the West, I can't say anything bad about your picks on that. I don't necessarily have them as mine. Uh, in the East with Cincinnati, the way what Lucian Acosta has done for that team and then Brandon Vasquez and uh, Brenner coming on. I think all three of them together as a group, as forwards, has really pushed Cincy on. They have the ability to break down tough defenses and beat anyone in the playoffs. But I didn't pick them. Uh, in the West, I do think LAFC kind of saw it this weekend. They really lost after uh, two FC Dallas uh, because of some real breakdowns and a weird sort of thing, a breakdown in uh, mentality that's correctable, I think, because uh, it seemed momentary. Uh, I think they're still got a handle. It's going to be tough to beat. They seem to be coming back together after the influx of talent in the si- at the window. Uh, so I think they're going to be tough. My second one, is not surprising, but it is a shocker. Uh, if Seattle can manage to get in, especially the beatdown they put on Austin this week, uh, no one wants to play them. But really, right now, the Portland Timbers have that uh, end of the season thing going on again that we've seen over and over over the past few years. The East. Uh, the Philadelphia Union. They look like a freight train running headlong to glory land. But Montreal has that certain Genega Sequa. It says they could pull off the upset and get it done. Not picking a winner between the two conferences, but that's who I'm really thinking to give a short list of who I think is going to get to the final. Yeah. Um, I mean, with Seattle, it, Seattle's really like a don't count out touchdown Tom situation right now is how i'm feeling about it um and the second you count out touchdown tom <laughs> you know what happens but um i don't know i he uh, retires <laughs> and, and then, then unretires yeah, yeah. That, that 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 sums uh, he, he up the sounders. that sounds up the that sums up the sounders this season <laughs> i think but um i don't know i austin i think has a chance to really make a deep run um, they are sitting right there in second. Uh, yeah, they kind of got the snot kicked out of them by the Sounders, but otherwise they've been on a good run of form. And especially since we like to talk about very recent run of forms, they've been on a better one than LAFC. Um, actually, factually, they have been on about the same run of form and yeah. they have, they both only have one win and four losses in their last five I think that needs to be stated that the both of them are kind of that's falling a, by the wayside that's at the a moment. Good call. But, but okay, but everyone was so hot on Austin and everyone was so cold on LAFC and opinions change on the day. But uh, that's fair. Um yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Philly, Philly's running away with it. Uh Montreal is not that far behind. Um I don't know, are there any real dark horses in the Eastern Conference? The Red Bulls maybe? Cincy. Cincy is your dark horse pick in the East. Yeah, but you already said Cincy. Well, you can you can agree with me. We don't have to disagree all the time. But the fact that we do for those that dismiss the enforced parity in MLS when it gets down to the end of the season makes it incredibly exciting. It could be like last year to where it literally, literally goes down to the last minute of the last game to find out who makes it to the playoffs. And once you're in there, it's a one and done. Yeah. So it it's unorthodox. Might not be everybody's cup of tea, but you have to say that it's doggone exciting because you just don't know. And that's why I never bet on MLS. Yeah. We are we are really shaping up for another knockdown drag out decision day, though. Which is great. I had a ton of fun watching last season's decision day. <laughs> 
hey, maybe we'll do a maybe we can do a uh, live update on the Discord for everybody and just, you know, keep discussing all the games as they go on on Decision Day weekend. Yeah. I gotta get more devices. Get it on it now. It's gonna be a big part of it. <laughs> what we have three or four last time, and it wasn't enough. Yeah. We'll have to get more. I don't know if it, in a rural area if we've gotten enough broadband to actually <laughs> yeah. get all that, but we'll try. We had five screens all playing games on decision day, and we couldn't watch them all. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, that was fun. But what we got for on pitch news from the past week, Sean? Well, before we get on to the on-pitch news, I want to give a little bit of a disciplinary update because that is going to start impacting people's playoff runs because we've got some important players going to be missing some playing time. Uh, So, off-pitch news, literally. Yes. (laughs) We'll start with off-pitch news. Um, First off, we've got Jeff Cameron is going to be missing the midweek game against RSL for Cincy because he has yellow card accumulation. That could be incredibly damning for them because RSL if they have a if they get get a sniff at goal they might have a chance at scoring but we'll see about that one um LAFC is going to be the big hurt right here because they're missing not only an assistant coach in DeSantos because he got a red card off the bench <laughs> um they're also missing Ryan Hollingshead for Dogzo ah. and Palacios for accumulation in this midweek game against the Loons Man, that could be very bad because you're missing both of your wing backs in that game. That's going to be interesting to watch. Man, I tell- have, <laughs> I've not been keeping up on fantasy, but I know I have Hollingshead in my roster, <laughs> and that's going to suck. Big <laughs> uh, If any uh, big tip off for the playoffs with the talent on the roster for LAFC, they should still be highly competitive in this game, given their depth of talent. We'll see how they gel, which has been a problem since the close of the window. We'll find out a lot in this game, won't we? Oh, absolutely. Um, I think another game we might see a little bit of uh, finding out is the Galaxy in their midweek game against the Whitecaps. They're going to be missing Koulibaly and Edwards for that game as well for accumulation. And that's going to be a test of their depth at defense, which we've seen break down a few times this season. Um, keeping it on the back line. We've also got Walker Zimmerman is out versus Austin for a second Ooh, red card last game. Oh no. <laughs> That's a dagger right there, especially against an offensive dynamo that Austin has been for the majority of this season. I can't wait to see how that plays out. Not only that, but Walker Zimmerman's an offensive threat from center back. Uh, tough, tough. See how, it, of course it's MLS. Think three times before you make that bet, folks. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, <laughs> Hani Mukhtar has been on a tear right now, so. <laughs> I got him on my fantasy team, baby. <laughs> Let's go. And a defensive, yeah, I double-checked fantasy for once in a while. <laughs> and a proven MLS defensive coach like Gary Smith can come up with a plan to try to stifle what Austin's good at, which they have not been that good at right now, maybe because... Teams have kind of figured them out here late in the season. What a what a fun game to watch. Oh, yeah. One last note before we actually get to the, the interesting games. Uh, Drew Yearwood is out for three additional games for violent conduct for his actions against the, the Union a couple games ago, where I believe, I, I didn't actually see it, but I believe he got a yellow card and then got angry and kicked the ball directly into the stands, injuring oh, a fan. Oh, yes, I saw this. This was nasty. Um, yeah, he was upset with a call. Um, I don't even think it was. he was upset about getting carded for it. He was upset about the call being called. Uh, absolutely full, full bore boots the ball into the stands right into a fan's face. Um, and, um, and then he, and then realizes what he'd done, goes up into the stands to try to apologize. And somebody who, uh, was with the person he hit gets up in his face, stops him. And then (laughs) in a show of defiance, takes their scarf off and throws it it, like around their head. And (laughs) it's like, no, he gets scarfed. But no, that was brutal. Uh, kicked it right into a family. Almost hit a, like a little kid. 
it was not good. I know he was. Oof. I know he was signed from England. Was he signed from the Championship? Because he's probably like what? What? <laughs> no, he was not like that at all. He was. He tried to go up into the stands and yeah, apologize. It. it was. It was. It. It. it and it was so senseless. Mm. That's the biggest thing. Hey, that, you know, you know, a, a player like Drew three Yearwood, games for that one. Uh, a player like Drew Yearwood, if he had a lockdown mentality, he would probably be in one of the top five leagues in Europe. But he came to MLS because there's enough quality, the level's high enough now that it's a sought out league. So players that just have that little something that keeps them from being top, top are coming to MLS. You know, if you really want to be a snob about watching the best, you know, they play in the mornings on the weekends. But in the afternoon, the domestic league here is actually pretty good. It's just a little step lower, but the action sure is fun. Oh, yeah, sometimes it goes full WWE. That's right, I'm calling back to that one from last season. (laughs) But but the play on the pitch is no longer crazy-go-nuts. And the officiating, we've talked about this a little earlier, has gotten so much better, it is viable. And there are certain players like Cucho Hernandez and Ricky Puig that actively sought out... Ricky Puig. yeah. Uh that actively sought out coming to MLS because they, well, maybe they wanted to play in North America. Uh, maybe they saw the quality of it. Uh, they actively pick it. Maybe, maybe they know that their teams aren't going to fold and they'll get paid. Uh, but there are players like this that are young, playing in top five leagues that aren't getting the minutes they want. They're actively looking to MLS to come and play. And it's raised everything up to a level that uh, that astounds us old heads, just astounds us at the level that we can see in MLS sometimes. A lot of the players that signed on with, uh, with St. Louis City felt that way. They wanted to come over to MLS because they were signed with Bundesliga teams that got loaned out or were benched. Or, or just minutes, yeah, and, or and a lot of them also America. said that they, yeah. yeah, that they had an interest in playing in America too. On top of it, and for a brand new team, that's an enticing thing, really, because it never happens in the rest of the world. No, because every single club is hundreds of years old, <laughs> yeah, except for over here. But speaking of over here, let's get to the actual on pitch news that we just most recently had, and we're going to start off with one of those games where uh, we got a disciplinary action. Nashville versus the Galaxy. This game was littered with cards. And I mean littered with cards. There were 10, count them, 10. <laughs> ah, ah, ah. <laughs> 10 cards. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> but yes, 10 cards. Um, All of the scoring in this game came from penalty kicks. And guess what happened? There was one missed one. Guess who missed it? Chicharito no misses yet another penalty game, and I don't think he scored a PK in MLS yet, and he's been here for years. No, he has definitely scored PKs. Yeah, but his record is... In MLS, though? In MLS? Yeah, Yeah, he's like 4 of 10. He he scored one earlier before he had the Pachanka. (laughs) Or the Paneka, excuse me. (laughs) uh, But here's the thing. He's pulled off PK duty by Greg Vanny, the head coach, Victor Vasquez, I think, uh, old brains start to confuse ideas, but I think he was supposed to take it, but Chicharito uh, was pretty persuasive there on the pitch, and he took it, and he stoinked it. Well, uh, to his credit, Greg Vanny was very diplomatic afterwards and says, you know, he's a proven player, and that happens. I'm sure in the locker room, other things would be said. And it's very telling that what happened at the end of this game, uh, in another instance, things had changed. Yeah. Um, I'm not exactly going to like defend Chicharito here, but he at least took a solid penalty shot here. <laughs> uh, this, I will never uh, say anything bad for a player that in that situation 
even with a lot of failures backed up, is willing to take the ball and says, this time I'm going to do it. Those are players you want on your team. Yeah, he did not try to like, you know, like try and make his little cute shot right this time. Right, He just went in there and just he put a bullet on it and it just got saved. It sucks. It really sucks coming back to back after what he tried to pull last game. But at least this one, he put a real charge in it and actually just tried. It happens. But you know what? Pooj it doesn't look good. And, and <laughs> Pooj came in and ended up scoring a, a, a penalty at the death to give L.A. that singular point and keep their playoff hopes alive for another week. And that's that's where we ended this game. I will say one thing. I hope Ricky Pooj is... Uh, Really willing to back up what he said because he's got a taste of MLS. He's playing extremely well, giving offseason, giving a training camp. This guy, this guy looks to be, you know, what his pedigree as a the, the best young player to, at Barcelona uh, coming out of La Masia, uh He could be really really something to watch next year. Yeah, this, Really something to watch. This kid could be the real deal, for sure. Eh, we'll see what happens next year. That's for next year. But this year, in the current week, NYCFC drops three more points underneath, <laughs> underneath their tiny banner. They lose another game. This one, this is what hurts the most, to Charlotte. Oh, the one humanity! Nil to Charlotte. <laughs> Despite the fact that they were up a man for almost 45 whole minutes of soccer, they could not score. What is going on in New York? What's going on in New York is uh, Ronnie Daly left, took a great opportunity in the Netherlands. Uh, Nick Cushing was brought in, and he changed the whole defensive structure. They do not press on the ball. They are not getting things to happen on defense, and they're just bleeding goals. And they created so much. Uh, Castellanos is a big loss because he was such a great pressing uh, number nine at the striker. And they're just not getting any pressure on the ball. And they're just bleeding. They can't defend. They can't score. Uh, they've got Talis Magno, who was so exciting on the wing. They're now playing him as a false nine. People are out of position. And there's a history at NYCFC for the interim coaches because... They're with the city group, and they hire pretty good coaches. Uh, they move on. That The interim comes in, wants to change things, and things fall apart during that part of the season. There's a history of that, but this is of a, a level that we haven't seen for that sort of fall-off at NYCFC. But moving from one side of the spectrum to the other side of the spectrum, we've got a team that is absolutely tearing it up right now. Cincinnati laying down a Union-esque beatdown on Team Chaos, winning 6 to nothing as Brenner leads, leads the voting and gets, gets Player of the Week with a hat trick in this absolute shellacking. And I see no signs of Cincy slowing down going into the playoffs. Uh, I honestly believe that Brendan Vasquez makes the U.S. M&T has a chance at the World Cup and Lucha Acosta, his whole thing of getting MLS MVP is how much they have changed the game of Brenner, made Brenner live up to the hype that he had coming in. Cincinnati spent, outspent a lot of big clubs in the world to get him and he's been fantastic this year and uh, I like I said earlier those three all mesh together their games play so well and yeah they can outscore anybody on any given day and in the playoffs that's what you need that's why I'm a absolutely that's why I'm a supporter shield truther <laughs> supporter shield oh my gosh okay i'm moving on from that before i get too deep into the weeds on that um we're gonna go from clean sheet to clean sheet seattle gets a big win three nil over austin we already kind of went over that one a little bit earlier uh but seattle and they in seattle the hell out of austin in that one 
yeah, getting their late game, their late game, their their late season form going, so that they can have that hot trip through the playoffs. Yeah, don't we'll see how it turns out for them. Don't count out Touchdown Tom, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Speaking of not counting them out, don't count out FC Dallas because FC Dallas hashtag Roar Bacon with a brace from Jesus Ferreira after an absolutely world-class football intelligence move on the set piece to draw level. And if you haven't seen this goal, go look it up. If you need an easy find, it's in the Discord server. Join up and find it. I gotta ask because I saw this in the show notes and then you said it. Why did you put hashtag Roar Bacon in here? <laughs> uh, because hashtag they because it, it. Do you not remember the whole Roar Bacon thing? I do. What does it have to do with FC Dallas? <laughs> because it was originally supposed to supposed to be Roar Back, and then it auto corrected to Bacon. So in my brain, <laughs> when I think Roar Back, come back, I think Roar Bacon. Oh man! Oh, that's so great. That has to that has to pass the cut. Please, somebody vindicate me, and I'm not the only one that does uh, this. Well, when Escobar argued with the officials and then stupidly dropped the ball so that the uh, uh, Ariola could pick it up, make eye contact with uh, Ferreira, and that chemistry kicked in. LAFC was me. There you go. Wasn't it? Wasn't it hashtag? Wasn't it supposed to be hashtag roar back because it was David Backus, not because they came back? <laughs> no, it was roar <laughs> back because they were coming back because Backus was already gone. Because I believe O'Reilly was already on the team. I could be wrong though, but either way, they were roaring back. They were coming back in a game. Either way, FC Dallas comes back in this one. But the, the, the only loss on the field was not just points for LAFC. They also, as mentioned before, lost Hollingshead and Palacios. This is not looking good for the midweek matchup. We've already discussed that one. Uh, on the other hand, LAFC, after the red card, so early, very early in the game, really were pushing FC Dallas and seemed to have that camaraderie that's been missing. It was just that. That breakdown that they had there when es uh, was it Escobar or Estevez? I can't remember. Uh, got the foul, had a real issue with it, had the brain fart, basically. And the whole team did. Uh, the center back's trying to calm him down. Meanwhile, Ariola picks up the ball, does a free kick, gets it for Ferrer, Ferrer puts it in, and LAFC lost their composure. After being so good for 60, 70 minutes, a man down. Hey, but that comes to the areola, that how the front line of FC Dallas has changed everything for FC Dallas. They are playing so much better. They're beginning, they're getting a ruthless streak that speaks well for the U.S. men's national team as well as for FC Dallas. Absolutely. Well, that's about all I've got for MLS. Did some? Did I miss any games, guys? Well, I mentioned it a lot, but the Philadelphia Union historic season just keeps chugging along. And I should say historic half season because it really didn't take place until their huge offseason signing, Michael Ure, got over being unfit and then got uh, uh, over an early season injury. He's been so outstanding for a first season MLS player. Usually it takes a season to get kick, kick in. But he's made a huge difference in a very good team. And they become historically extremely good. He, uh, his season split in half, basically. About 1,550 minutes he was out, 1,550 minutes in. In the 1,550 minutes without him, the Union was still a very good team. They scored 29 goals against 13 assists uh, against. That's good, but not great. And Daniel Gazdog uh, was made up that difference, kept them going. In the 1,550 minutes with Yuri, they are 39 goals for nine against. That's half a season with a 30 goal plus 30 goal differential. That's astounding. That's almost unfathomable, qu quite frankly. Uh, so 
he was the missing jigsaw. If you if you're a fervent follower of this podcast, and God help you if you are, um, <laughs> our condolences. Yeah. We were at the midseason talking about how the Union just couldn't kick on because they couldn't create chances. Well, Uri came in. He's fast, man. He's fast for a striker. He makes great runs. He works hard. He sets up other players. It's made a big difference not only on the offense that they're overwhelming players, but it's kind of freed up the defense as well because other teams have to factor for him. They have to change their game plan because he has just been that piece that fits in. Eric Williamson's having a fantastic season as a D-man. Ali Badoya is the most underrated player in MLS. I think he's highly underrated as one of the best DP signings ever for any team, given what the union has grown since they signed him. Uh, Everybody on the front line has had a fantastic season. Uh, Andre Blake is impeccable in goal. This team is frightening right now, to be quite honest. Uh, and uh, a lot of this has to do... Uh, uh, Kyle Wagner, as a fullback, has 15 assists. He's second in the league. He's three behind Lucho Costa. I think it's Lucho Costa for the, lead, the league lead. Four... The second best defense in league history. There's your defender of the year. If fullbacks get any love in MLS, which they won't because it's not a sexy position, but he's a sexy player and it's a really quite amazing. He's still with them till the end of the season, to be quite honest. Yeah, the union, they, they're standing out. Well, before we start turning this from a city podcast into a Philadelphia Union podcast, um, unless uh, unless Mason, you have anything else to add to MLS, um, I've got one last thing to mention before we wrap this up here. Um, I won't go into into detail because we've already kind of beaten this dead horse to death multiple times, but the USMNT roster drop for this last camp will be this week, and I'm sure we'll have opinions about it once we actually have the names. Yeah, beating a horse to second death. <laughs> There's probably only possibly three tail end of the roster positions open. Don't know what's going to happen. Who's going to be at striker? All of a sudden, it was moribund. Now it's exciting. Sergeant, Beefock, Ferreira. Well, Ferreira's got to be the one. Team plays better with him. And uh, Oh, absolutely. Center back. Who's going to partner with Walker Zimmerman? Uh, Mahalovic, other midfielders, just no time to fit them in. That midfield's so solid. You know, they've got their time, and they don't have time to really bleed these guys in. they got to stand out. But it's striker. That's what you're going to watch. And don't worry. You know, you want to see results. But really, how's the team play? Are they competitive? Who's fitting together with who? That's what you want to watch in these upcoming friendlies in a couple of weeks. And who's going to be on the roster? Uh, who's actually other striker candidates, center back candidates, and somebody else? Is Berhalter going to pluck somebody we're not expecting? I don't expect too much excitement, but Josie we'll Altador out of nowhere <laughs> with a steel chair. <laughs> My God, that's Josie Altador's music. <laughs> he had a chance until Josh Sargent, St. Louis's own Josh Sargent, has gone off in the championship. And a uh, few other strikers, Ferreira, going absolutely crazy in MLS, far above any expectations. Uh, if Aronson doesn't make this gone. roster, I riot. <laughs> <laughs> I think if Aronson doesn't make this roster, all of America will riot. No, well, at least the soccer fans. Anything else, guys? That does it for me. That's all I got. Yeah, I, I'm exhausted of ideas. It probably was about 30 minutes ago. Anyway, <laughs> I'm your host, Mike Turner. Exhausted of ideas. I am your long-suffering producer, Mason. And I am your cave-dwelling hooligan, Sean. And we are the Soccer Capital Podcast. Thanks for listening. Bye Bye for now. now.